smell like beef. I smell like beef. I smell like beef. I smell like beef. Hello. Hello, little aliens. <laughs> um, this is Safadi. This is. Why do we always start off with like we're always know. so awkward in the I beginning? Know. Like, hey, thanks for coming back. We're like, hi, and then we wait for like somebody else to be like, hi. <laughs> but nobody ever says it back. Well, we are coming to you from the Lollapalooza weekend. <laughs> We're not there, so that has nothing to do with this podcast, but just so you know when we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're in my kitchen today, so it's a change of scenery. It's very nice, and um, we're sitting at my island. Yeah, they have an island in their kitchen. That's when you know you have it made. Got it made. Um, Living the dream. Living the dream. What all white people say when you ask, (laughs) how's it going? Living the dream. Which really means I want to die. I want to die, which is why I go to therapy now. Oh, I'm so proud of us. (laughs) Me too. We both, we made appointments with the same counselor. (laughs) (laughs) I went to my appointment already on, um, ooh, all my days are like glopped together because I've been so (laughs) mushy-brained. Yeah. Um, But I went to the session and I was like, I got out, immediately felt refreshed, and I was like, thank the Lord that I made this step to do this. So I texted Taylor, I was like, get on it. Like, this lady's amazing. She's, she's very comforting presence, um, very mother-like. And so then Taylor made an appointment. Yeah. Well, and I was so relieved because when I called, oh, so I, I called a different, like, office a couple, like, a couple of times. And they may have called me back, but I'm that, I'm a millennial, so I'm like, oh, I don't know that phone number, so I'm not going to answer it. I don't it. use my phone for that. I don't check my voicemails because I have avoidance issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I was, and then, you know, like when you're, when you're going through, everyone has mental health, right? Yeah. But you, you might be on towards the, the, the scale of right. the lower end, which is what they call like mental illness or whatever. So when you're having like an episode or when you're really in your, like your low moments of life, you know, you get a little bit of paranoia, like, oh my God, does everyone hate me? Yeah. And even though you can always rationalize it after you have your moment, but there were times that I was like, oh my God, like the therapist doesn't even like <laughs> want to see me. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like, oh, you're so fucked up. They're like, we're in, we don't even want to take you on as a, <laughs> as a patient or a client or whatever. Right. Which is why I feel for both of us, it's, well, we both have a, the avoidance issue, but I feel it took us both so long. And then we just repress, repress, repress until we hit the breaking point where we're like, I am unwilling to live my life like this anymore. Like, I'm unwilling to have these feelings and not know how to rationalize them correctly or have tools in my toolbox, to, healthy coping mechanisms to deal with these feelings that I feel because I don't know how. Yeah, I've never been given the tools, which too, I always see these memes on the internet that are like, I learned how to um, do a calculus problem, whatever, but I never learned how to manage my emotions or my feelings. Yeah. And it's like, that's so true. Like they don't, they didn't teach you that in school. I feel like they're getting better at it with like including meditation instead of detention. Yeah. And like mindfulness. Yeah. Which is really great. But we didn't get the, we didn't get that. Like we didn't get, if you're feeling stressed, take five deep breaths. Yeah. In school, they teach that now. Which is really good. And we were talking before about, like, growing up and 
not wanting to go to not wanting to go to school the next day because oh, yeah. your anxiety is so bad. But we didn't know what anxiety was, so it would just be like my stomach feels so bad. Like I just feel I feel ill. Yeah. Even though I'm I, like I'm fine, but mm-hmm. I feel ill because that's what happens inside of your body from all the chemicals and stuff. But all the all the cortisol <laughs> and that's the stress hormone. Yeah, that's that fight or flight hormone, and we ugh. need it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, or so it would be like stress of not wanting to go to school because you're just stressed out or you're anxious or you're depressed, and then in, because of that, I wouldn't do my homework mm-hmm. because I felt like I was mentally challenged, even though I wasn't. It's just when you, especially at such a young age, they say that you can't fun like your brain can't properly function so i could read a paragraph and i'd be like i don't know what i just read yeah i'd have to read it five times and i still might be like i really don't get it you're because not retaining. We, yeah yeah because it actually like stress and trauma when you're a child really leaves an impact like an imprint on your brain right because then too even now like what i'm reading um it takes me longer to read because i get inside my head and I'll like have other thoughts, which I'm sure this happens even when like you're trying to meditate, like mm-hmm. you're trying to focus on your breathing. I'm trying to focus on reading a paragraph, but I'm in my head thinking about something else and I'll get to the end and be like, whoa, 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 how did this person die? Like what just happened? And I have to go back and reread it. Cause I'm like, I was reading the words, but I wasn't retaining it yes. because I'm thinking about like what, what I have to do, what bills I have to, like, literally anything but the paragraph I'm reading. And when you're a kid, it's the same thing. Yes. It's like you're thinking about, oh, my God, I didn't do my math homework. Is she going to check my math homework today? Oh my, Like, shit like that. Yeah. Anxiety, 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 anxiety. It's like a, it's almost like you have a, t- like, a, the TV on or, like, a movie playing. Mm. And you're supposed to be paying attention, but you're on your phone. So you're like, I can hear it. Like, I'm still participating it makes me feel less lonely yeah but that's kind of what like you're read because that would happen to me all the time i'd be reading a book mm-hmm. i get to the end of the paragraph and i'm like what the fuck did i just read yeah and then i gotta reread it again and then i'm like oh my god am i like <laughs> is there something wrong with me? yeah i'm like do i have like a learning disability or yeah. something i mean i'm sure <laughs> but yeah <laughs> all from my mental health <laughs> so we finally just did it and we're proud of ourselves so if you have mental health anxiety whatever feel free to talk to us because i feel like breaking the stigma and like the negative conversations about mental health help i feel like people older older than us Mm -hmm. don't understand it like no if i were to tell my dad like oh i I had to lay in bed till noon today because I was too depressed to get out of my bed. He would have no idea what I'm talking about and be like, what are you, what? No, he'd probably just be like, you're being lazy. Yeah. Like, just get up and go. It's like, physically can't. Physically can't. It's like you're literally frozen. <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like when God or like who the fuck, like whatever you believe in. Like, when I was being made, they were like making my model. And then like they forgot to put like the on switch like, I feel like I'm watching everyone play out their lives and, like, be productive and, like, live. And then I'm over here, and I feel like I'm just sitting in front of a TV screen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, I, I'm supposed to be doing stuff, too? Mm-hmm. But I feel like I can't because I don't have, like, or, like, I don't have a GPS system. of like, oh, okay, yes. where should I be going next? Like, going down this, not, like, an actual street road, but, like, the road of, like, you know, your life yeah. and your journey or whatever. Sometimes I feel like, was I not given... Like, yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm like, I was made broken or something. Right. 
which is why we need to go to therapy because it's not true. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the thoughts that you tell yourself, they're not true. No. Don't trust your thoughts because they're, they can be very vicious. Yeah. There's a mantra. I don't remember the Sanskrit saying, but a mantra in yoga that's like, I am not my thoughts. I am not my thoughts thinking these thoughts. I am not thought at all. Ooh. Right? Because you're really not. Right? Namaste. namaste. Uh, but I'm going to namaste in bed. <laughs> nah, namaste in bed. <laughs> oh, how cliche. Um. But no, we're really proud of ourselves for yeah. like making that step because it's taken me so long. And I'm sure for yourself, oh, too. Yeah. There was the last time I went to counseling was when I was in, in Buffalo. And I went and we were finally like getting to the deep, like the nitty gritty of like my issues and I had this one session where I just broke down and I was cry- for the whole hour, bought, like ugly crying. Mm. And I was like, this lady's still kind of like a stranger to me. And I'm just like, I can't stop this crying. So like I left, didn't answer any of her phone calls, never made another appointment, just ignored her and pretended it didn't happen. And I was like, I can't go back to counseling because I hate crying. Yeah. And you feel like you're like, it's, it's, and it shouldn't. But in the moment, you feel, like, embarrassed. You feel, like, a burden. Yeah. And then you're, like, oh, my God, I'm dumping all this shit onto this person, which is their their job. job. (laughs) Like, you're paying them for it. It's not, like... Help me, please. It's not, like, us hanging out, and then I'm, like, oh, my God, Stephanie. Yeah. (laughs) Remember this one time where I'm, like... like, Whoa, 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 I didn't expect the waterworks today. (laughs) Um, Always expect the waterworks. I know. I cry during everything. Me, too. I cry all the time. I listen to a song that I've heard a thousand times and it still triggers me. It's a song about loving yourself. And I'm like, oh, what's that like? (laughs) Must be nice. Must be nice. (laughs) So, yeah, then yesterday um, I had plans to go to a Lollapalooza after show to see AJR, best band in the whole world. If you ever get the chance to see AJR live, see AJR live. Um, my friend was like, they play every song like it's their last song, and it's so true. So go see AJR. And they have really good, like, messages in their songs. Like, yeah, because they suffer from mental health issues as well, and they're very open about it. So if you their songs come off, like, video gamey and, like, kind of silly um, with their tunes, but if you listen to the fucking words. Oh, my God. Ugh. That's the one that makes me cry, John Bellion. He was amazing. Oh, it makes me cry every time. He's so hot. So hot. I want to be his wife. Okay. <laughs> We'll make this happen. Okay. Um, so I, before we had like hours to kill in the city. So we went to the Catcade and oh my God, I was like, this is what I need. This is what I need. I need, first of all, I need the therapy animal, but like you just need to get out and do stuff that like I was carrying my depression and anxiety with drinking, which I found out doesn't help. It makes things worse. Cause then I text a million boys that I shouldn't fucking text. And also alcohol is a depressant and it's a depressant. <laughs> so you wake up the next day and you're like, Never doing that again. And then I make a big Facebook post. And then I go out and have a glass of wine the next day. And I'm like, well, (laughs) that didn't work out in my favor. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm learning to not use alcohol to cure my loneliness and to use cats instead. (laughs) So like I was fed all these cats. I went to see AJR. And it was just amazing. So getting out and doing stuff is hard sometimes. Like I had a very... I was telling my friend that. I was like, I had a very hard morning. Like, I didn't get out of bed until 11 a.m., which I'm usually up at 7 or 8. Yeah, you're an early bird. Yeah, like, what the fuck is going on? So, like, I slept in, and I felt stupid, whatever. Then I went, and I was like, this was... You just need to push yourself to get out sometimes. Yeah. 
Like, don't get us wrong. There is, it's totally okay if you need a day to stay in. Yeah. But I'm that person, I'll stay in for a month. Oh. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm just taking another, like, mental health day. It's like, no, Taylor, it's about time to get out. And then you actually, like, it distracts you from your thoughts. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. Which is, again, why I was using alcohol, because it was curing the lonely void I was feeling in my life. And then you're like... Well, then you wake up and you ruined a bunch of shit that talked to a bunch of people you shouldn't talk to. Whatever. But I want to talk about the video you posted. Oh, yeah. So speaking of Lala. Oh, my God. So, so you know from our last, which you better, you better listen to it. Better, you better, you better. But you, uh, our Area 51, Storming Area 51 episode. If you haven't listened, pause and go listen. (laughs) No, finish this one and then go listen to that one. Okay, okay, okay. But, um... So, prepping for September 20th, <laughs> the, the youths of... The, the youths, youths. The damn street youths. The damn... I was going to say hood rats, but I feel like that's offensive. The, the kids these days, they all, hood like... They, they all met up on a social media. Like, I think it was, like, Snapchat. That's what the news was saying. Oh, probably. At, like, outside of the gates of Lala. And hundreds, hundreds of them stormed the fucking gates. Like, the fences. They were just running. And, like, the fences stayed up for a good chunk of time. But then there were so many of them. And the weight that the fence went down. And then they're all just fucking climbing over. And at first I was like, oh, my God, that's so terrible. Like, what pieces of shit human being? (laughs) So judgmental. So judgmental. And then I was kind of like, but you know what? If, like, the people actually got together and band together, we could overtake, like, you know, bad politicians and, like, get our government back and, like, save the world. And then I was like, oh, well, that's actually not how you go about doing things. (laughs) And then I went back to being, like, oh, this fucking asshole. Yeah, like, you're ruining it for everyone else. So now what they're going to have to do, they were talking about on the news, they're going to get, like, more reinforced gates. Guess what? That's more money getting into Lollapalooza, which means now ticket prices are going up. So fuck all you little kids and some of those grown-ass adults, which you should know better. You should know better. You really should know better. I'm sorry. I don't have the money to get into Lollapalooza right now, so I'm not going. Right. You're not going to plan to storm the gates. No. And I'm sure that some of the... Yeah, like, just... You're stealing from the artists that you want to see. Exactly. And for all the other people that had to pay, what, like 500 bucks or whatever... So just don't do that kind of shit. Motto of life, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. Don't be a dick, dick. <laughs> you dick. You dick. Well, yeah. Yeah, but so there's that. That happened. Oh, I also heard that there was like a gun passed Ugh. out the Which outsides. brings of- to a whole conversation that we need to have about like guns in America and gun violence. Which... Just save for a later date. Oh, yeah, that'll be an episode. But, like, when we can actually do it without people jumping on us, yes. coming at us. Yes. Don't take my guns away. Don't do it. It's like, well, okay. nobody's taking your guns away. Bro. Hey, Just, bro. Just, like, let kids go to school in peace. Without bulletproof backpacks. Or, like, like, let us go to a movie theater without freaking out that the place is going to be shot up or... I don't want to worry about if I go to a concert, like, oh, there's a potentiality that, like, somebody's got a gun here. We need stricter gun laws. End of story. That, and we need for people to start fucking going to therapy, healing yourselves, becoming mindful, dealing with your shit, because hurt people hurt people. Oh, hurt people do hurt people. Hurt locker. I don't know. Hurt locker. (laughs) 
All right. That was poet. Poet. That was poet. What? Poetry. <laughs> All right. On that note. On that note. We're going to take a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to really dive into some murder cases that you probably haven't heard about. And... It feels weird to say this, but we're excited to share with you. Oh, we're really excited. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to get... It's not like totally gruesome details or anything no. like that. So don't turn us off if you're like, oh, I can't handle this. It's yeah, literally just... Ma- Stephanie. <laughs> it's literally just grazing over weird, bizarre murder cases that you probably have not heard about. Yeah. So stay tuned. And I mean, we called it mini murders. And then Max messaged me and he was like, is this like mini murders? Like... Murders of and or by, what's the PC term? Little people. Little people. I don't know because they're little people, big world. So I figured. I, I know if they're gonna name a show that, then that has to be what little they want. people. Yeah. 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 So, and I no, was like, this no, is not, <laughs> this is not about the murders or murders by little people. No. But who knows? We'll look up some cases if there are any. We'll talk about it on a future podcast. Let, let us know. <laughs> that is that a high interest topic for you? <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, bye. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Are you ready to get into these mini murders? Are you ready for it? Are you ready for your mind to be blown? <laughs> that was creepy. I take it back. <laughs> no, it wasn't creepy. Okay, so um, we have 10 bizarre mini... Ten bizarre mini murders to bestow upon you, and so we were talking about therapy earlier. These people need therapy. Yeah, if we think that we're (laughs) fucked up, we're at least at least these stories make us feel better about our lives. Exactly, that's what I was saying to Taylor. I was like, I'm excited to be doing this episode, especially when we're both like have been at such lows in our lives mentally. Because this grounds us, and it's like, at least none of this happened to us, and we're not like this. I mean, yet. <laughs> no, yeah. just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie, artichokey. The first up is the Pappin sisters. So there is these two French sisters, Leah and Christine Pappin, and they worked as live-in servants for the oh, Lance, Lance Lynn family in France in 1926. Um, it was reported that they were quite odd. Um, they never talked to anyone but themselves and showing little interest in anything besides each other. Kind of like me and Taylor. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> According to Historic Mysteries. Um, so they did their work quickly and they lived with the family for almost seven years. Then, one night, in February of 1933... Mr. Lancelin, who had been waiting for his wife at a friend's house, came home to find her and their adult daughter dead on the floor in a pool of blood. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> their eyes had been gouged out and their faces were smashed in. The Pappin sisters were locked in their room, and after getting a locksmith to open the door, the police said they found the sisters lying on the bed together with a bloody hammer nearby. The Pappin sisters immediately confessed to their crimes. While in prison, Christine became very distressed from being away from her sister and was eventually granted permission to see Leah. Reports said that the sisters seemed to be unnaturally close to one another, with some suggesting a sexual relationship, though doctors who examined the Pappin sisters denied evidence of that. 
A few months later, Christine suffered a mental breakdown and tried to gouge out her own eyes. After their trial, Christine was sentenced to life in prison for being the mastermind behind the murders. Fucking Christine. <laughs> well, Leo was eventually released from prison in 1943 and managed to get a job at a French hotel under a new identity. It's now believed that she died in 1982, but that's not been confirmed. Oh, my God. Oh, fucked up. Fucked up. Could you... <sighs> Ew. It's not funny. We, it's not funny, but it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, in the sense that it's funny. Like, what the fuck, <laughs> Christine? Could damn it, Christine! <laughs> Ew, but just the thought of them having like a sexual relation. Oh, I'm glad that that was next. Yeah, I feel like that's just that's like a recipe for a horror movie. Like two sisters. Like laying side by side in bed with like a bloody the shining, hammer. Right? Yeah. Using two twins. Yeah. Oh, they come what... play with us. Yeah, maybe that's where they Stephen King got the idea from. Maybe. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have, have to ask, ask him on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he's always on Twitter. <laughs> Is I he love really? Him. Yeah. I love Stephen King. Oh. He's oh my so God. great. We should go to the um Oh, what do they call it? What do they call it? It's the hotel from the shining. It's I forgot the real name of it. Uh, me too. But we should go there. I'm game. Shane, um, Shane Dawson from YouTube, him and his friends stayed there for a video. And, like, they said it was really, really creepy. Oh, that's Really, go. really creepy. Okay, and they stayed, in the, they stayed in the room that Stephen King stayed in and, like, wrote, Shut the wrote it off. And they say that there's, um, they, 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 like, all night that they would hear, like, walking from one oh, end of the room shivers. to the other. And, oh, Yeah. It's just fucking weird. The Shining's the last Stephen King book that I just read. And, oh, my God. Amazing. It's amazing. Well, I hear that, uh, like, reading the books are ten times more terrifying mm-hmm. than watching the movies. Yeah, it's like Misery. Have you read Misery? I've watched the movie. That movie fuck. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we, I forgot to put my phone. We're still recording on the phone and do not disturb. So this is going to be very choppy. But we got interrupted. We were talking about Misery. Yeah, that the movie fucked me up. Yeah, so read the book, Misery, because it's I've read that like three times at this point. Amazing. Oh, three times? I Damn. love Misery. So good. Favorite Stephen King book, hands on. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's uh, pick up where we left off. Murder number two. Murder number two. This is the acid bath murderer, <laughs> John George. Hi. Hi. <laughs> that's how I'm going to say it because it's spelled H A I G H. Hi. Hag. Oh, hi. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so, John George. I love that it has to be like the full name. Well, do you know why they do that? Why? Because it's more uncommon to have the same middle name. So, like, say there was a serial killer named Stephanie Ann Bloom. Instead of just saying Stephanie Bloom, Oh. Because maybe that's a common name. Like and it, then, yeah. yeah, people would be like, oh my god, I heard about you on the news. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not me. It has something <laughs> to do with, like, so it's more unique to the person. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> maybe I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tendency to make things up in my head and then tell people them, like, the real facts. <laughs> I do too, but I actually, like, believe myself. But then, too, once I tell someone, I'm like, oh, shh. Like, you just right said, like, now. I could be making that. I'm like... Wait, did I dream that? <laughs> what is real? What is not? This is very real, so let's get into it. <laughs> Getting back to John George Hay, hey. was a British serial killer active in the late 40s. 
used to dispose of his victims' bodies by burning them in sulfuric acid. Hey was convinced he was getting away with murder, literally, because he mistakenly thought that without a body, there was no crime. His arrogance is what ultimately got him caught when he led police to the (laughs) remains of his sixth and final victim, 69-year-old Olive Durand Deacon. Oh, Oh, poor Olive. Olive. Not even Oliver. Olive. I know. Well, British. (laughs) Olive Durand Durand Deacon. (laughs) While on trial, hey, please... Pleaded insanity and insisted to the court that he drink the blood of his victims. When he found guilty, he was found guilty in 1949 and hanged a few months later. So he's like a vampire. Yeah. So he's like hot. He's like, hey. Hey. <laughs> oh. Ew. Can you imagine drinking blood? That's fucking disgusting. No, I, I can't. You pass diseases. There's, do that. <laughs> my cousin and I watched like, um, My Strange Addiction. Uh, we had this whole mo- this whole sleep overnight where that's all we watched. And there was like My Strange Addiction. Maybe it was a different show, but it was they were addicted to drinking blood. Uh, and they were like, va- it was a vampire community. Mm-hmm. They literally drank blood. I've seen YouTube videos on that. Oh, it's crazy. Not a fan. No, gross. Disgusting. If you're a vampire, let us know what blood tastes like. (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) I I had to end it somehow. (laughs) So uh, we're going to get on to murder number three. This is Robert Berdella, and he was named the Butcher of Kansas. (laughs) Fucking, who lives in Kansas anyway? Robert. Like five farmers. (laughs) (laughs) And Dorothy. (laughs) Um, But see, this one doesn't have his middle name. Maybe he didn't have a middle name. Well, his parents obviously didn't love him enough because the guy turned out to be a murderer, (laughs) a butcher. Um, So in the late 80s, Robert Berdella tortured and killed six men, chopped their bodies into small pieces, and stuffed their remains into dog food bags. He also kept detailed notes on each of his victims, which later helped investigators prove their murders. Berdella almost got away with it all. Had it not been for his seventh would-be victim, which was 22-year-old Christopher Bryson, uh, who managed to escape from the second floor of Berdella's home, he may not have ever been caught. Mm. Berdella was originally charged with sexual assault, but after police obtained a search warrant, they found human remains and other wallets of other victims. He was sentenced to life imprisonment and died of a heart attack in jail in 1992. (laughs) You're fucking crazy. I hate it when they di- when people like that like really bad people yeah. who need like justice for their crimes yeah. against you know, like humanity, you know? It's like when they either get stabbed in jail or they hang themselves. It's like, "No, motherfucker, you don't you don't get to get out of this." No. You know, like you deserve you suffer in yeah. the confines of what what's it called when you're like by yourself in like the crazy room? Um, self con- self-containment oh, or something. Uh, confinement? So- solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. We got there. <laughs> it was a, that was a joint effort. That See was. the beauty of teamwork at play, boys and girls? <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to have a friend around. It is. But not a friend. <laughs> I knew that was going to I love segues. I love that. Not a friend. <laughs> but not a... You don't want a friend like Dennis Neil, Neil, Dennis Nielsen. Murder who murdered young... Oh, yeah. Mur- 
Right? right? Number four. Four, yeah. Dennis Nielsen, he murdered young men and kept their bodies. Same. <laughs> So Dennis Nielsen terrorized London in the late 70s and early 80s, killing 15 men over a five-year period. Nielsen would pick up young men at bars, kind of like a Dahmer situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then take them back to his home. There, he'd strangle or drown them. Once dead, he'd bathe and dress the bodies. That's my favorite fucking part. <laughs> like, what? Human so dolls. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So twisted. So, so twisted. Sick. Almost like that, um, the witch season of American Horror Story. I mean, this is not really a spoiler because it's been out for fucking years. Yeah, so, so, like, like if you haven't watched it, skip ahead a couple of seconds. Yeah. But, yeah, where they had, like, the human doll. M- Madison Montgomery. Oh, oh, girl. My brain only stores Taylor Swift information. Don't you know this? Very true. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> after he'd bathe and dress the bodies, what happened? He admitted to police that he kept bodies for extended periods of time before disposing of them so that we, we could have sex with them and talk to them. <laughs> he is currently currently serving a life sentence at the HMP Full Sutton Prison in Yorkshire, England. Take that, you sick fucking freak. Oh, God. What happened to you? Why are you the way that you are? That's what I love about, like, the psychology behind, like, serial killers. Just any bad person. I'm like, ooh, what happened to you when you were younger (laughs) that made you like this, you know? Thank God it didn't happen to me. Yeah, no. (laughs) But, anyways... (laughs) Herb, <laughs> murder number five, Herb Baumeister, a serial killer who stashed bodies in his backyard. And, okay, so again, in the late 80s, 70s and 80s was like serial killers on the fucking loose, all over the place, just yeah. running wild. Um, I mean, they still are, but we, I feel like we don't talk about it enough. No, there's not as many. We don't talk about many. the modern days. No. There's one in Chicago. Oh, my God. There's one in Chicago. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, we should research that more. We'll, yeah. We'll do that one soon. Just so um, all our Chicago fans are on the lookout because we live in Chicago and, like, we're going to get murdered by a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <Okay>. take me. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. No, please okay. don't. Okay. <laughs> in the late 80s and 90s, Herb, Herbert. Herbert. Baumeister would lure gay men back to his pool house, strangle them, and dump them into the woods behind his home. Baumeister had his pool area decorated with mannequins that were set up to seem like they were having a pool party. Could you? <laughs> could you? God could you imagine? It. So, like, you come over to fix this guy's cable, right? Like, yeah. his cable's out, so you have to go into his backyard and like fix whatever. <laughs> There's no cable, but whatever. Something's out. Something needs to be fixed, and you see that he has mannequins set up <laughs> like a pool party. Who the fuck isn't calling the cops on this guy? For real. Especially, <laughs> okay, yeah. Imagine you're like the meter reader. You that's know, it. like that's you're going into the at. backyard, and then so you then you just see because you're kind of far away and you can't really tell and you see people and you're like oh fuck like there's people but yeah. then you look a little bit closer and you're like wait those are not people they're not moving it's like when you pass by a deer statue and you're like is that a real deer <laughs> oh my and you're God, like oh yeah. no it's not real but this is like a pool party of like mannequins oh i would definitely call the cops 100 like there's something fishy going on yeah I mean, actually i wouldn't i would just be like that's fucking weird and i'd probably put it on my snapchat sorry <laughs> Where? Nowadays, yeah, that wouldn't be weird because people do a bunch of, like, that's like trolling. Like, that could yeah. be, like, a YouTuber, like, it's, like, for their vlog mm-hmm. or something. 
But back then, like back then, I would I think I would call the cops back then, especially because any weird thing, the neighbor remember like the neighborhood watch like and yeah and yeah, yeah those yeah, times yeah. they'd be like t- tattletaling on their neighbors. You know, or like the neighborhood gossip, like, oh, did you see that? Like, Pete's. Did you see what Herb's on? <laughs> you see Herb's pool party? Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. You know huh? what? We weren't invited to Herb's pool party. <laughs> it's but been we going on for like months. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a good time. <laughs> but you know what? They're not making a lot of noise, though. <laughs> They're very respectful in this community. They're very respectable <laughs> pool guests. Um, so, back to Herb. <laughs> Sweet little Herb. He had a young son, Eric. Eric, <laughs> <laughs> Eric with the CH, not with the K. I feel like I it's more like Eric. Yeah, I almost said that. <laughs> That's why I stepped in because I was like, I think she's struggling. Eric. <laughs> so his young son, Eric, even stumbled upon the remains of one victim while he was playing in the backyard. This guy had a son. Once Baumeister realized the police were on to him, he fled to Ontario. Ontario, Canada, and he shot himself in the head. In his suicide note, he blamed his failing marriage and business as the reason for his suicide, but never confessed to any of his murders. Police estimate that he killed somewhere between 10 to 20 people. (laughs) Wow. Now, I wonder if this was a... Do you think that he... Because it didn't say anything about like hooking up with them and then and then murdering the guys. So this kind of sounds about. like maybe or herb herb is like a hate crime. Yeah, hate crime. Like Probably. a super homophobic person, especially back in like the eighties and nineties. You know, now every, like we accept anybody for who right. they are, and you should. But back then, it was like a big no no. Oh yeah. But then too, like it could go that way, but it could also go that he was also homosexual. And would have sex with the people and then feel so guilty and he didn't want anyone to know and then kill them. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it could have gone either way with that. Well, they say that most homophobic people actually Are, have a... Yeah. Yeah. You that they're, that they question homophobes? Their sex. <laughs> no homophobes listen to us. No. They're like, those fucking losers. <laughs> Did you Fuck hear that they, like, they don't think the moon's real? Uh, they don't believe birds are real? Fake news! Fake news! All my bar guests when I go on rants, is she okay? I hear them whisper, like, is she being serious? I can't tell if she's being serious. And I just laugh and walk away. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't believe in birds. Get real. Get real. I don't believe. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I believe in birds and they're beautiful. They are beautiful. Beautiful like... (laughs) (laughs) Segway! Just as beautiful as Gertrude Banaszewski, the torture mother. This one's, ooh, I mean, they're all fucked up, but yeah. this one's gertie. Yeah. So in 1965, police found an emaciated body of a 16-year-old Indianapolis resident, Sylvia Likens. She was covered in cigarette burns and sprawled out on a filthy mattress in the home of 37-year-old Gertrude Banaszewski. Sylvia and her sister Jenny boarded with Banaszewski because their parents were carnival workers and traveled a lot. So the girl's father paid, uh, they paid Gertrude $20 a week in exchange for housing for his daughters. And if the money arrived late, Gertrude took out her anger on the girl. So like, really messed up. Eventually, she focused her beatings on Sylvia alone. 
But this wasn't a crime of an adult beating on a child. Banaszewski was the mother of seven children, all of whom lived in the house and partook in the violent and sadistic attacks against Sylvia. I hate it. It's so like it, oh, it making it's making me cringe I so hug bad. Sylvia, right? I just want to like, scoop her out of that situation. Come here, sweetie. So neighborhood kids, some as young as 10, were invited to join in or watch, and no one, no one reported a thing. Which at that age, I guess like if you're 10, you don't really know what's right and what's wrong, but I think that there's a certain moral compass that's in each and every one of us where you can kind of be like, that's not right. Like yeah. there's always that gut instinct feeling of like, this isn't right. This isn't right. Something ain't right. And like yeah. you would tell your parents. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, Billy doing? and I, can we go down to uh, Gertrude's house? We're going to go jump a kid, you know? Yeah. It's we're like, going to go watch her beat the shit out of Sylvia again. Ooh. So in October of 1965, the same year, Sylvia was beaten to death. R.I.P. Sweetie. I know. Banaszewski, she apparently forced a neighbor to call the police and tell them that Sylvia ran away. When the police arrived at the home, Jenny Likens, Sylvia's younger sister, apparently whispered to one of the officers, get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Gives me goosebumps. Which is like good for you, for, good for you Jenny, for speaking up. Because yeah. most people, they freeze because they think that something worse is going to happen. Exactly. So they don't say anything. But it's yeah. like, that's your one opportunity. That's your one chance. Yeah. Good for you, Jen. Yeah. So Gertrude, she got 20 years in prison, which I don't think is enough at all. No way. But then she was released, uh, was then released. She moved to Iowa, changed her name, and died of lung cancer in 1990. The others, who were mainly children, they all got away with just short sentences, if any. Like, what? Lots of fucking mental disorders. Yeah, I was going to say, so wait, she had how many kids? Where does it say? She's got, se- like, a mother of seven children. Now there's seven people dispersed out into the world that think that that's okay. Yeah. And then they're going to go and they're going to spread that. And then they're right. going to create children. And then it's just, the pe- like, the umbrella, what do they call it? Not an umbrella effect, but kind of, like, you have one thing and then it, like... The domino? Domino effect. Yeah. 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 Fucked up. Don't lay your hands on people. Don't lay your hands on people, and don't try to uh, feed your husband to your kids, oh. like Catherine Knight did. Good, good segue stuff. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Catherine Knight was an Australian woman who stabbed her partner, John Price, to death 37 times in 2000. Knight then skinned him, decapitated his head, and cooked up parts of his body. She set her dining room table for two and served the cooked meat, which is her husband, the cooked meat. It's not roast beef. It's fucking John. (laughs) Cooked meat with baked potatoes and a side of vegetables. She placed handwritten notes next to each table setting with the names of Price's children on them. She was attempting to serve them their father for dinner oh my god oh my god oh my god i'm sorry i just i thought about like eating human meat and then oh my father oh my god your dad do you like oh oh my god i'm so triggered what if they like took a bite and then they're like actually oh my god this kind of meat it like what is the seasoning that you have mom this is delicious and then she's like it's your father and then father he's dead here's a set i got it in the fridge and then they're like but then they're kind of like, oh, you know what? That kind of tastes good, though. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm messed up. It's like Sweeney Todd. Yeah. 
The meat pies. The meat pies. Or that one episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where <laughs> Frank Frank's like, that's human meat. <laughs> it's just squirrel meat. <laughs> oh, squirrels. I love them. So when police finally arrived at their house, they found Knight dead in a comatose state with pills spread out on the floor. So she killed herself. They also found Price's head boiling in a pot of oh. soup on the stove. <laughs> Knight was the first woman to be sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. Oh, she didn't kill herself. She tried to kill herself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's the first woman to be sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. She is currently serving her sentence in Silverwater Correctional Complex in New South Wales, Australia. So if you want to, like, write her any letters, <laughs> be like, hey, did they eat him? I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Any fangirls out there? <laughs> oh. Um, so talking about fangirls, there's this whole, like, Twitter thing where, like, Girls send pictures of their feet to guys for money. Um, let's okay. put an end, let's put an end to that with uh, with Jerry Burdo's The Shoe Fetish Slayer. So in January of 1968, women in Portland were terrorized by Jerry Burdo's, a man who was alleged to have a foot fetish, and four vanished completely. About a year later, a fisherman found the remains of a 22-year-old woman, Linda Sally who had disappeared the year before. Police ended up finding four more bodies and eventually tracked them all back to Brudos. He confessed to the murders in a gory detail to the police, which will save you from, but <laughs> just kidding. But after keeping the body of his first victim for several months, oh, in order to dress her up, he eventually dumped the victim into the river, but not before sawing off a foot to use for trying on heels and taking photos of them. In another horrific find, detectives discovered that he would keep souvenirs of his crimes, including shoes, bras, girdles, and even a paperweight he made out of human breasts. This is just like, um, what's his name? The, uh, Gacy? No, no. not Gacy. Um, before Gacy. The one that made the nipple belt. Yeah, the nipple belt. Mm -hmm. I always forget his name. Uh, fuck. I'll remember it. It's not Bundy. Else. No, it's not Bundy. I love Ted Bundy, though. I love <laughs> I don't. A lot of women do. <laughs> no, 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 not in that way. <laughs> like, his story fascinates me. Oh, yeah. Because he was just a slick talker that got away with it because mm. of his looks. Yep. For so long. And with that unibrow. Didn't. With that unibrow. What'd that unibrow do? With that. Uh... <laughs> Let's talk about what uh, Dennis Rader did. I'm still stuck on what this guy's name was. G Gary? Was it Gary something? Fuck. You do your okay, thing and okay. then I'll find Thank it. You. Yeah. So Dennis Rader was the BTK killer. Um, he was known as the BTK killer. Dennis Rader used to break into his victims' homes in and around Sedwig County, Kansas, and stalk them before making his move. He would then blind B torture t and kill k btk he would btk them which is where he got his nickname from he killed 10 people between 1974 and 1991 but wasn't arrested until 2005 once apprehended police searched raider's home and found photos of raider with his victims he was charged with 10 counts of first degree murder and is now serving 10 consecutive life sentences at El Dorado Correctional Facility in Kansas. Fucking sicko. Mm. Oh, that's you, it. Ed Gein. Ed Gein. 
Nipple belt. Also, don't Google and nipple belt because it came Google up photos t- come up real fucking quick. <laughs> don't Google nickel bu- nipple belt. But when you were saying the BT killer, like, oh, he would blind, torture, and kill them, all I could think of was GTL. Jim Tam Jim, Laundry. Jim Laundry. BTK. BTK. Cabs are here. Cabs are here. BTK time. <laughs> it's blind torture kill time. <laughs> Fucking Dennis. Oh, well, this is going to be our last mini murder of this episode. Don't worry, there's going to be more episodes. Oh, but, uh, yes. This is, this is the final one, and it's... I don't know if it's the worst one. I, it's gross. <laughs> so I might be pronouncing this wrong, but I'm just going to do what my brain's telling me. Issei Sagawa? Sagawa. Yeah, Sagawa. I'm just going to say Sagawa from Sagawa. now on. Yes. The Japanese cannibal who still walks free. Boo! <laughs> lock him up. Lock him Lock him up. Lock, lock him, him up. up. So the famous Japanese cannibal is notorious in his country. He grew just as notorious as Logan Paul in Suicide Forest video. <gasps> oh, oh, that. In Japan. That was the worst. That was the worst. That was the worst. And he got forgiven. Isn't that insane? No, no, no. Oh. I can't handle that. Okay. okay so, he, so Sagawa, he grew up in a wealthy family, but always had this urge for human flesh. At the age of 23, he was arrested for attempted rape. So fuck you. <laughs> he entered the apartment of a tall German woman. I don't know what that has anything to do. She was a tall glass of water. <laughs> tall German woman living in Tokyo, and he attacked her. Police didn't realize he was actually attempting to eat her, although he bit off a piece of her flesh. Sagawa, who was oh, I guess this is why it matters. Sagawa, who was five feet tall. It's always guys with, like, you know, Napoleon syndrome and everything. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just totally just kidding. So he, who's five feet tall, later told Vice that he was obsessed with taller Western women. Well, you know, he's a little guy, so he's like, oh, I want this, like, Amazon woman or whatever. I want to eat her. She's got a lot of meat on her body. I want to eat her out. I want to eat her flesh. (laughs) <laughs> At 32, Sagawa went to study literature in France, even receiving his PhD. Pretty huge dick. I mean, five feet tall, probably not. It was there that he befriended a classmate, a 25-year-old Dutch woman named Renee Hartevelt. The friendship proved deadly for Hartevelt, I mean, obviously, oh. as one night in 1981, Sagawa invited her over under the guise of working on a poetry assignment, and but ended up shooting her in the neck and eating various parts of her body over a two-day span. <laughs> two days! I hope um, you put um, her on um, ice. Um, 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 um. <laughs> Me too. That mean, goes bad quick. Oh, yeah. He attempted to dump the love. Oh, like, I know. Oh, yeah, no. You're, oh, you really, sure. It's like avocados. <laughs> it's like, it's not ripe, and then it's like, oh, damn it, I'm too fast. Now it's, now it's ruined. <laughs> Sagawa attempted to dump the leftovers of her body into a lake nearby, but then was caught in the act. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) He was held in police custody for two years before being deemed illegally insane and deported back to Japan. But once he was in Japan, he was declared sane by psychologists and signed himself out of the mental institution where he was being held. He currently lives as a free man in Japan. Nice. 
I mean, I guess how to get away with murder. Yeah. <laughs> Go to another country. Do it. Plead insanity. Get sent back to your country. Yeah. Be deemed sane. And somehow walk free. Justice system for the win. Well, that's what they say that's scary about like going on cruises, big cruise liner ships, is that once you're... Because, okay, say you're, you're coming from the United States and you're taking like a Caribbean cruise or whatever. Coffee. Oh. Coffee. Co- coffee's done. Um, but like, so you're in... You could be stopped at a port... And, like, Mexico or the Caribbean or, like, you know, you, you make, like, your stops at different yeah. locations and, like, people get off. But then you get back on the ship and then you go to your next spot. Right. Well, even though it could be a U.S. cruise, but say you're in Mexico and a crime happens on the boat, well, the Mexican yeah. police don't have – it's really not their sanction. It's not for the U.S. When you're on a boat, you're in, like, open – Territory, Like, yeah. it's just open water, like, literally open waters. We're, that's an episode that I definitely want to do is a bunch of, like, cruise ship, like, mystery stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah. Game. Mm. But. That's, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't scary. do cruise ships. They scare me too much. I will do it. <laughs> I'll be the brave one. I will go on a cruise. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so that- those are mini murders. But now, um. We're going to get into a little mini discussion about nature versus nurture. Mm. So, in terms of, like, murderers, do you think that it is a case of nature or nurture? Lack of nurture. Well, yeah. (laughs) Definitely lack of nurture. Because nature means that, like, it's just their physio, like, their biology or whatever. works. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's hard to say because you could be born with, like, say, you know, your your mother was, like, on meth or crack, and then you get born into the world. So you're going to have, like, parts of your physiology be messed up or not, not work properly. So I could see maybe that, but I don't think that that creates a killer I think it comes from, like, the first, like, 10 years of your life, what Me happens too. and how you, like, respond and react to certain things and how your parents guided you or didn't guide you. Mm-hmm. I it, agree. It mostly stems from moms and dads. Yeah. And how you're raised and the environment you're raised in. Um, I definitely agree. I think it's more... I mean, look at, like, Dexter. I know it's a TV show and it's a fictional character, but, like, he went through some shit and then he grew up to be a serial killer. Yeah. I mean, obviously he you have to you have to be like your brain has to be wired a little differently um to conform to that. Like mm-hmm. that's your only way to silence your inner demons is to kill other people. Like there's definitely something not right in your brain. Yeah. But it's definitely more of like there's not something right in certain people's brains but they don't turn to murder it's like yeah i don't know it's definitely the of the environment their family plays a huge role yeah and what they see and what their family allows or disallows or yeah i definitely think it's a nurture 100 percent. like i forgot if it was gacy or if it was bundy but (laughs) i want to say that it was gacy his dad used to like beat the living shit out of him and he would be like you're never gonna amount to anything so 
I mean, I know people where that happened to them, and they are by no means going to be a murderer, so thank God. But I, I, I guess, or think about the guys that are murderers that, like, are serial killers towards women because maybe their mother was, like, a hooker yeah. or a prostitute or a stripper or something, and they thought, like, oh, that's, like, shame and guilt or, like, mm-hmm she's a whore like and I don't think that but just looking at different stories and stuff it's like oh they have this bad outlook on their mother so then they like hate women yeah and they want like all the whores to die or whatever yeah so there's definitely some kind of complex and if you look at like the patterns with a bunch of serial killers like they have their targets like a lot are women a lot are gay men Mm -hmm. and it's like that's for a specific reason based on something they experienced growing up or repeatedly experienced yeah like we were talking about the the guy that collected i use that in air quotes the gay men and would bring them back to his place he was searching for gay men Mm -hmm. young gay men to kill why there's something that happened what happened with a young gay man yeah so definitely there's a reason for because they all have the same like even like Bundy, if you watch like the Bundy files, the Ted Bundy files on Netflix, and you see he picked up the same type of women, like they were all beautiful women, mm-hmm. and but like, okay, so there's obviously something that happened to him with he probably has mommy issues. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, it's always a mommy or a daddy issue for oh, yeah. sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> that note yeah so we're gonna leave you with that i hope that you sleep well tonight seriously please sleep well get your sleep rem cycle yeah deep sleep heal heal your brain let us know if you like this kind of stuff because you know we like to switch it up here and there we don't want to be totally like talking about true crime all the time because right. it's scary for some people but <laughs> we enjoy it so that's the content that we want to create but um, we're also thinking about maybe, especially once it gets towards like October, it's like spooky season. Spooky we'll time. do like spooky like time. scary stories around a bonfire. So like, like let us spooky. know if you want to join us for that. <gasps> yeah, friends, spooky stories with friends around a bonfire. Yeah, we're really excited for that one. Yeah, so let us know if you'd want to listen or if you'd want to join or like both. Yeah. Or if you don't, like, no. (laughs) Join our spooky story orgy, please. (laughs) And on that note, we are going to leave you here. We will comment, smash that subscribe button, smash, smash, smash it. Smash it, rate us, like us, love us. Love us, pick us, choose us, love us. Yes. And only us. And we'll pick you right back. You can't pick your friend's nose. What? I. You can't pick your friends, you can't pick your nose, but you can't. No, I don't know. Fuck it. All right. Anybody that knows how that saying goes, let us know. Love you so much. (laughs)